good morning, everyone, today, and uh, welcome, and, and uh, what a great morning. Hey, it's always great. Always love uh, coming together and uh, worshipping uh, the one king, hey, and uh, in the one place, lifting up, lifting up the one name together, and um, uh, it's always powerful, and, and as we come around the word today, you know, we're beginning our uh, new uh, message series uh, today called Remnant to Revival, Remnant to Revival, and uh, what we're doing over this month and over the next four weeks is that we're actually going to be looking at revivals in history and, uh, and looking at the, at the factors, at, at what was happening uh, in the lead up to those revivals um, that have happened in history, and, and what were they doing? What were the things that people were doing? What was happening around the place? And, uh, and, and as we look at those things, how can we uh, apply them to our lives today? Uh, I want to start by just uh, stating and, uh, and uh, sharing what revival is. I was, uh, you know, there's, there's so much stuff on, on the internet and whatnot. And I was actually looking through some uh, uh, message notes and I stumbled across uh, uh, this, and I think it uh, paints the picture beautifully, and I've got this behind me. Uh, but a revival, I believe this, this sums it up great. It says, revival is a move of God's spirit and power that manifests often in great numbers coming to Christ, sometimes great miracles and manifestations of God's power. But most importantly, it is God moving in God's own way. And so as we look at these revivals over these, month, uh, over these weeks, uh, four different revivals and looking at the factors and looking at what happened uh, to see those revivals uh, come about and, uh, and to see what we can learn um, and, and how could we grow today in our lives uh, and how could we apply it to today in, in the world around us um, as we go out into the world. And so uh, before I jump into a revival that I want to talk about this morning, uh, I think it's worth mentioning uh, that revival uh, is something that happened in Scripture, uh, right? We know that, uh, uh, that Scripture is, is history. It's not just a storybook, um, but it is a part of our history. And so uh, it's worth mentioning that uh, I think that uh, there was revivals that happened within Scripture. Uh, the, one of the most sort of, uh, common or well-known one, uh, one that stood out to me, uh, is in Two Kings, uh, where a, a nation... Uh, a nation uh, sees revival um, as, they, as they come back to God, uh, as they, they, they come back in repentance, they, they come back into true worship, uh, into the one living God, the one and only God, the Alpha and Omega. Uh, and so they see this revival in this nation as they come running back to Him. And, uh, and we see it in two kings. It's, it's uh, uh, during the reign of uh, King Josiah. And, uh, and we read that, there's, that they find this book of the law. And, and, uh, and, and so as, the, as, the, as Josiah, uh, Josiah leads this, uh, the nation come back into revival. They get rid of all the idols that they worshiping, that they were worshiping. Uh, and, and they see everyone come back into repentance uh, and come back into true worship uh, to God. Um, also, in, in we see the, the outpouring uh, of the Spirit in Acts 2. Uh, which I'm sure we're all very well aware of uh, on the day of Pentecost. And so, um, again, when we look at that sort of that, that, um, that definition or, or how we sort of view revival as, uh, as an outpouring uh, of, of, of salvations, which we read about in Acts 2 uh, and in, in the book of Acts throughout that, 
uh, and, uh, and miracles. And, and so we see that, that revival that happens there uh, within that, uh, uh, that area and that nation in Acts 2. But today I want to uh, talk about and share on a revival. I've uh, been reading a, a couple of books on revivals that have happened in history, and, and uh, this was one that really uh, stood out to me, one that sort of grabbed my attention and one that I was uh, led towards. Uh, and it's a revival that happened in uh, North America, uh, North America in, uh, in, in, 17, uh, in the 1730s uh, uh, is when it began. And uh, today they've labeled it the Great Awakening. Uh, some of you may be aware of it, some of you may not. Uh, some of you may not been around. Uh, when that happened, um, but um, uh, in, in 1730, they, they labeled this the Great Awakening, uh, which happened in, in North America, and, um, and as this, uh, I want to look at this, and, and today there's sort of this, this Great Awakening, and, and then I'm going to mention, I talk a little bit about this, and then there was also a, a, the, the Second Great Awakening that they labeled as well, uh, which happened uh, a little while after, uh, but this Great Awakening that happens in North America, uh, in 1730, it, it began, and and how it started was there. There was no sort of you know concert or or you know one church service, and, and you know and the spirit of God broke out. Uh, the, the the thing that caught me about this revival was that it actually sort of began in in small sort of pockets of areas around North America. Uh, that it was noted uh, that that there was revival happening sort of within churches and different towns um, in the sort of in the area of. North America. And, uh, and as we sort of read this, when you read about it, there's quite a lot of names that come up. There's a lot of different areas and towns and churches and pastors and, and a lot of things that are associated with the Great Awakening. But there was one person for me that caught my attention and his name uh, uh, was George, uh, George uh, Whitfield, I'm going to call him. Well, that's his name. They, there's, anyway, it's pronounced... Um, that's what we're going to call him today, okay? And uh, so uh, George uh, 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 Whitfield... And, uh, and this guy caught my attention as I was reading about him and, uh, you know, and reading what he did and where he went and, and all these uh, types of things of what people said about him. And uh, a couple of things caught my eye, caught my attention. Uh, one thing was that he, he preached, uh, uh, preached very differently to what was normal in the day. Uh, a lot of people noted that when they went to hear him preach, they, they, they said that it was, it was different. It was left field. It was, uh, uh, um, yeah, it, there was a different uh, preaching style about him than what the churches were used to and what people were used to in the day. Uh, he was very bold, uh, very bold in preaching, uh, uh, very uh, forward coming. And, and, um, and he also had, uh, there was sort of a, a history, I guess, of uh, sort of drama, uh, you know, in, in, in that sort of that area. So even when he preached, he, he kind of had a way that he spoke. People actually said that he, the way he actually spoke had like a style to it. And, and, and he spoke differently. And, and so the way that he spoke, the way he preached, the way he talked, the way he walked, um, captured people. And people said that he was able to hold uh, large crowds of people and hold their attention just in the way he held himself forward, just had the way he spoke and acted. And people said that, uh, when you attach, when you, when you sort of get that personality or that, uh, uh, those characteristics and, and attach the Word of God to it, um, that's when it became powerful. Because not only was, it a, was he a guy just going about getting people's attention and, and you know, putting on a show, but uh, people said that he was very bold in, in declaring and preaching Scripture. Uh, that the, there was no sort of try and make you feel good, Right? 
Uh, there was no kind of like, you know, hey, he's doing okay and God's good. It was, uh, 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 there was a lot of accounts that say that he was very forward in saying, this is what the Word of God says. Um, and if the Word of God says it, shouldn't we be doing it, right? <laughs> so it was a very, very forward coming uh, uh, style of preaching. And uh, I, I, I stumbled across this quote that says this. I've got it behind me. It says, A God-centered revival causes people not to take the blessings of revival over the one who blesses. Okay? God-centered revival causes people not to take the blessing of revival over the one who blesses. And, and when I read that, it, 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 I immediately attached it to this uh, to this Whitfield, because the way he, uh, the way people spoke about him, everything he did, and the large crowds that he spoke to was always directed back to God. Whenever he preached and whatever he did, there was there was there was miracles that broke out, and churches were growing, and and salvations were happening, and and but but his his core, his heart was that people would come to know the God that he serves, and and, and his his main value was that people would come into repentance and would find salvation, right? And, 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 and as great as it is to see the miracles and as great as it is to see the blessings, he wanted to make sure that people didn't forget the person who was blessing them. And I thought, what a great reminder for our own lives. Uh, you know, how many times, how many, we can so easily get in seasons in life where we get caught up on what God can do for me. Um, I know so many times I've, I wish church world and I wish, uh, I, I wish you know, life groups and I wish prayer meetings would revolve around me, right? Um, I, I wish that the, the, the blessings, I would, I would love to take the blessings of God uh, and, and sometimes it's so easy to forget the one who, who blesses. And it's so evident as, as I read people's accounts of this, of this man who preaches and goes to the crowds and, and, and this, this strong, uh, uh, this strong uh, 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 thing of, of this influence of, hey, don't forget God. We love to see revival in North America. We love to see the church growing. We love to see miracles. But let's never forget the God who's blessing us. The thing I love about this, uh, great, this, this great awakening that happens in North America uh, is that there's a ton of stories that are attached to it of um, people of, um, um, who, who've um, written down, you know, letters and, and different accounts, and, and they're all accessible today. Uh, but there was one that really stood out to me that I want to share really quickly, and, and for me, it really showed the, 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 the power um, of this revival, right? To see, to actually see the, the power of God um, outworked and what that actually looked like in people's lives in that day. And so in 1970, uh, in North America, there was still traces of slavery and, and, and African-Americans who were slaves to, uh, uh, to white people in that day. And there was this one account that I was reading of, of this, this guy, and he had an African-American slave uh, in his house. And the slave had actually heard of Whitfield's preaching. He had heard him preach, heard him speak. And this, this, this guy comes home one day and finds this African-American in this room who, and, and he's, he's preaching to himself. 
He's, he's speaking exactly like Whitfield did. He's, he's walking around exactly like Whitfield did. He's, he's impersonating this, this guy who's going around and preaching to large crowds and seeing revival happen in North America. And so this, this, this guy walks into the house and he opens up the room and he looks at him and he says, what are you doing? And he says, oh, I'm, I'm preaching like, like Whitfield. And, and, and the guy goes, like laughs at him and, and says, you know, well, what are you doing that for? You, you know, that's, and he goes, I've got an idea. He goes, I'm going to get some of my mates to come around and uh, we're going to have some drinks together. And when I tell you to, I want you to come out and do what you were doing here. Um, because that's going to be our entertainment for the afternoon. Um, and and this, 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 this African-American is like, like what, what? And he goes, yeah, like, this is hilarious what you're doing. It's a, it's a joke, but it's highly entertaining. Um, so I want to get all my friends and show them. So he gets all these mates around. They pour drinks, and he says that they're sitting around the house, and he and, and, and says that the guy sort of calls his, his slave in to come and, and perform to be the afternoon's entertainment. And as, as he... As, he, as this as African-American, he, he, he doesn't know anything else. All he's doing is impersonating this guy that he's seen and that he's heard. And so it, it, this account says that he, he spoke and preached like Whitfield did. Um, spoke in the same way, acted in the same way, and was saying the same things, preaching the word of God. And when, we, when I read this account, it blew me away because we read that these men that came to be entertained, uh, it says were cut to the heart and gave their lives to Jesus and were born again that very afternoon. And, and I'm reading this going, how amazing is revival? How amazing that, that people, that the power of God, that, that, that the very spirit of God being outpoured in people's lives so strongly, so, uh, uh, so magnificently that there was a, a, a slave who was performing doing something that he had just seen and heard, and, 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 and yet these, these, these men were hearing what he was preaching about and said, man, I need to give my life to Jesus. Uh, and, and my heart just went, God, how amazing that, that, you know, that, that we would believe that even revival here in, in, in this church, in our nation, in, in this region, it's, it's, I don't want to put revival in a box. I don't want to, I don't want to believe and, and, and pray that, that people would only get saved on a Sunday morning. That, that God's bigger, God can move outside of, of here, of, of a platform of one person with a mic and, 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 and us gathering on a Sunday morning in a building. I, I imagine if we went out and, and, and we were bold enough and we believed and, and had faith that God, wherever we are and whoever I speak to, that God, I wonder if, if your spirit could lead me and guide me and, and pour out and follow me that we could see the very power of God outworked in my life wherever I go. And, and so many times they're like, oh, but I can't, I can't preach like Pastor Travis. How am I meant to go out and, 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 and save my friends and family and, and workplace if, if, if I, can't, I can't speak like him? I don't dress like him. No, I'm kidding. Uh, but, but, you know, and we, and we can get so caught up on, on like, I, just, I don't know if I can do it. And, and I was so encouraged by the story that here's a, here's a man who, 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 who we don't really know, it doesn't really say much about whether he believed what he was preaching or saying, whether he was just sort of, you know, just, uh, just reenacting and didn't know. But, but regardless, the, 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 we can't put a boundary on the power of God. We can't box the presence of God. And so Whitfield, you know, goes on and, and there's one account that says, uh, one of the, the, the cool ones, it says, one day he went out and preached to 8,000. 
He said, the next day he went out to preach and there was 15,000. And then the third consecutive day he goes out to preach and there was 30,000. And and as he preached, people were giving their lives. The church was growing, miracles. And and there was this revival that broke out in North America as Whitfield goes out and and, and, and was one of the, one of the, the instruments that God used uh, to, get the, the, you know, to see the, the gospel go out uh, into this area. And so it's said that Whitfield preached, to, uh, preached around 18,000 times, and they said uh, uh, perhaps, uh, perhaps roughly 10 million listeners heard him preach over his time period. And so we, if we go back to you know, what a revival, what do we see, what do we believe a revival as? A revival is a move of God's spirit and power, manifests often in great numbers coming to Christ, which they saw, sometimes great miracles, which they saw, and manifestations of God's power. But most importantly, it was God moving in God's way. You know, I was reminded of Psalms 85, four to seven, which I think was just so relevant. It says this, it says, restore us again, God, our savior, and put away our displeasure towards, and put away your displeasure towards us. Will you be angry with us forever? Will you prolong your anger through all generations? Will you not revive us again, that your people may rejoice in you? Show us your unfailing love, Lord, and grant us your salvation. And you know, when I read this account of the Great Awakening in North America, and and. And when you read the stories of people and you read the the stories of pastors and families and towns and cities, uh, you you get this overwhelming sense of people rejoicing in God, people running to God, people passionate in pursuing God and His presence, people experiencing His unfailing love as they find His salvation for them. And, and it was, uh, uh, the, 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 what I want to get to is when you see what revival looks like, when you see the, 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 the people and the effect and the impact that it had in, in, in people's lives and people's families and people's, you know, it would have affected their workplace, their churches, their towns, their cities. Um, the really cool thing that got me was this, was that before the Great Awakening, there was actually a, uh, an earthquake that happened in, in the North America in this same region. And, and there was this, um, I was reading this book and it was saying that after the earthquake, there was actually a, a, the pastors all around the area, which is, which is the rough area of where this revival broke out, that there were pastors all around the area uh, made a call to the churches and, and encouraged and challenged the people um, around that they would pray to see God shake the earth again, but with a move of his Holy Spirit. And, and I stopped and I thought, and there wasn't a lot about it, but I stopped and I read that and I thought, God, there was, what are the chances? What, what are the, what's the coincidence that, that this earthquake took place and, and the moment that these pastors stood up and said, church, we need to pray for a revival. We need to pray that God would shake the earth again but this time with a move of his spirit. And, and it was only, not only a couple of years afterwards that this great awakening in North America took place. And so my question and my thought 
today is, is, is this, is, is, is the, the, that thought of the power of prayer. And, and, and I wonder how long I, I sat in my chair and I thought, I wonder if those pastors didn't make the call, would revival had happened? If the churches didn't call out and come together and pray that God would move again in their area, in their churches, in their cities in North America, would revival have, would have, would revival have happened? And, and for me, it was a call to, God, I, I, I need to have a passion. I need to have a desire to be praying for your power, for your spirit, for, for an outpouring of the spirit of God here in, in my church, in, 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 in my community, in my region, in my nation. And, and it challenged me. It said, how many, how, how many, what, how much time, how many, uh, 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 what time are we giving to praying for God to move in this nation? Um, and I just think it's such a, such a great coincidence that that happened right before the Great Awakening. And so the second Great Awakening in North America, in the same area, happens in 1790. And the great thing about this as well is, is that this very, the second Great Awakening is birthed in prayer as well. Uh, in all that you read about it in a similar fashion, that instead of just, it didn't really happen in one church, in one place, at one, uh, you know, at one sort of area, but it was uh, uh, churches around the area noted and, and, and saw that revival was happening in their churches and in their towns, and, and that revival as a whole was happening in North America. And, and everywhere you read in, and every account in different towns and cities and churches that you read about, um, all had a heart uh, of prayer. All were praying and believing that God would move again over their nation. And there's, in the second great revival, there's some great stories, great accounts of God moving. There was one that stood out to me was, uh, uh, there was a, 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 a town that was known uh, for its drunkenness, known for its fighting, people fighting, known for its, uh, uh, just, just for, for all the, the wrong reasons. And, and when this revival broke out, uh, there was a, a preacher who said, I'm going to go out and, and take the gospel out to this, to this place. And as he goes out there, he realizes that there's, there's, there's no drunkenness, that no one's walking around swearing to each other. Uh, and, and he noted that there was a, like a tangible change in the town as revival broke out around these places. And it's amazing to think, and I think it's encouraging to know that that, that revival and that, that God can move in entire cities. God can move and, 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 and reach people no matter how big, no matter how bad uh, that town or region may be. And so we see a transformed city for the kingdom of God. But when you read about it and you find that it was all birthed in prayer, so many accounts of people saying that there was, uh, you know, there were 3.30 a.m. prayer meetings in some cases, right? Um, that's amazing when you stop to actually think about it. You know, not just one meeting. It wasn't just one 3.30 prayer meeting and then revival broke out. Um, a continuous uh, 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 group of faith-filled people praying and believing that God would move over their nation. Um, there was accounts of, 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 of schedules of they would pray for revival every Saturday morning 
for half an hour. Every Sunday afternoon for half an hour. And, and there was one account that said that every, the third Sunday of every month, they would pray for the entire day for revival in North America. Uh, revival wasn't just something that kind of just the mic dropped and, and it just sort of happened. When I read all these accounts, every revival uh, uh, that I've read about so far, that, that prayer is intertwined in it all. Not just during, not just right before, but, but the lead up, the very lead up to revival in these places. There are people that are passionately praying for God to move over their city, over their region, over their nation. And church, can I tell you this morning that there is no substitute for prayer. There is no shortcut around prayer. You know, Romans 12, 12 says, be happy in your hope, stand your ground when you're in trouble and devote yourselves to prayer. You know, there's, there's no sort of plan B, there's no shortcut in devoting yourself to prayer. It's either you stand and believe and pray for those very things or, or you don't. And, and can I encourage you that, you know, if you're here this morning and, and maybe you're hard, maybe you've never thought of revival before, but can I encourage you that one of the very keys of revival in history is that people are devoted to praying that God would move. And so the statement behind me that I want to share with you as well, a, a key factor that you read about in all the accounts and all the writings about the second great awakening is this, is that God loves, God loves it when we pray the things that are on his heart more than our own. And, and it was, it's such an evident factor, key that we read about is that the church was not caught up on what God could do for them. These churches weren't worried and, and, and weren't crying out for God to rescue them, uh, to do something for them. Um, their eyes weren't just tunnel vision on, on their church and, and their family and themselves. And, but but their, their, their cry and prayer was for their nation. Their prayer and their devotion to prayer was, God, would you pour out your spirit on America? On, 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 you know, they may not know the, the, how, how great far, but, but the their area, the world that they knew, God, would you pour out again? And, and, and can I say, it wasn't, again, not just, wasn't just one prayer meeting. It wasn't just for a, a couple of weeks. It was people who were devoted to prayer. People devoted and, and faithfully believe that, God, your heart is to see people come to know you. Your heart is to see salvation in people's lives. Your heart is to see an outpouring of your power in people's lives and in their families and in their towns and in their nation. God, I believe that you wanna move in the very world that I see around me. And so if it means that I have to pray and I have to devote and I wanna do everything that I can, God, to see you move in my life, to see you move in my city, to see you move in my nation. If it means I have to get up at 3.30, I'll do it. I wonder how badly we wanna see God move in our lives. drop the mic now. It's like we're starting a 3.30 prayer meeting. Six o'clock, Tuesday mornings. Every week I'm here. 
welcome to join me. And we pray for our church, we pray for our ministries, we pray for local things, our council, we pray for chaplains, we pray for our schools, we pray for business owners, we pray for all these things. But one thing we, we pray for is our nation. God, you would never forget us. God, you would never take your, the very spirit of God of our nation. God, you would never leave us nor forsake us, but you would remain in this nation, that you would heal our land and that we, that one day, God, that we believe that we could see an outpouring of the Holy Spirit and see a revival to see people come to know you like we've never seen before, to see the power of God move in this nation like we've never seen before, to see manifestations of the very power of God outworked in the world around us in Australia. Why can't it happen? When you read the accounts of these great awakenings, the second, the first and the second one, people didn't know, they just, they were devoted to prayer and believed for it. And, and a lot of them didn't realize it was happening until it was happening. God, we wanna pray for the things that are on your heart, not on ours. And so as I finish, there was another, a guy by the name of Timothy Dwight, I won't go into it, uh, but he was a, a guy who became president of Yale University in America, North America. And as the second great awakening outbroke, uh, Dwight was the president of this university and saw a revival in, in the university. Saw students give their lives to Jesus. Uh, um, saw miracles on the campuses. Uh, there were so many stats of, of when Dwight, you know, uh, uh, when he came to the university, uh, that only 10% of the university were Christians. And with only, during this revival, with only a, a couple of years, there was student behavior improved and, and churches were growing and students were giving their lives to Christ. This great revival within the midst of this university. Statistics like the university had only seen 13 seniors that, who graduated the university, only 13 became pastors over a four year period. But in the first year of this revival, they saw 69 go on to full-time ministry and, pastor, and being pastors. This revival took place in the very middle of this university who was definitely not a Christian-founded, uh, a Christian-based university. But all that to say that Dwight, the president, was one thing that he was firm on, and it was prayer. He prayed for his students, he prayed for his university, he prayed for the very town that the university was in, believing that God would move again. And so this common theme of prayer throughout revival, as people cried out, believing that God would see them, would move in their lives and in the, in the world around them. And so my challenge I wanna leave you with is this. And um, I'll warn you, this is, <laughs> this got me um, when I first heard it. But I remember hearing this. Someone said to me, Trav, if everything you prayed for yesterday came true right now, right now in this moment, God said, I've got a list of everything you prayed for yesterday, I'm gonna do it right now. What would your life look like? 
And the question was, does your life look any different? Does, does your life look different? Maybe, maybe your bank account looks different. Maybe your, your health looks different. Maybe your job looks different. But, but does the world around you look different? If everything that you prayed for yesterday came true right now, what do you see? What does that look like? And I thought maybe I'll give you a bit of grace. What if, what if everything that you prayed for in the last month, God had it all down on a list and He said, I'm gonna do it all for you right now. What, is, what does the world around you look like? Is your family saved? Is that, that thing that you're struggling with, is it gone? Are people giving their lives to Christ in church? Is, is the community that you're in rejoicing? And it really challenged me to go, God, I, I wanna start praying for the things that are on your heart. Yes, I wanna pray for myself, and yes, I wanna pray for my family and my marriage, and, and yes, I wanna pray for my church, but, but, but during these great awakenings, it, 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 it really challenged me to go, God, you wanna see not just my life change, but you wanna see a, a nation. And, and I've got here, I said, God is not intimidated by our big cities and the sin inside them. God's not intimidated by your big prayers and big dreams. God's not intimidated by the people with degrees or awards. He's not intimidated by the faithful prayers of people that where God, would you pour your spirit out again on this nation? I believe that when we pray those prayers, God's not like, He's like, well, I gotta get ready for this. The church isn't ready. I'm not ready. People aren't ready. I don't, I don't think God's intimidated when, when a nation, when churches stand up and say, God, we wanna see you move again. God, we wanna see, we wanna see the numbers and numbers of salvation. God, we wanna see miracles. We wanna see the manifestations of your power move in my life, in my family, in my church, in my town, but in this nation. I really believe God's not intimidated by those prayers. And so the challenge this morning and the, the key today is, would we dare to believe, would we dare to pray that God would move again? Would we dare to pray for Australia, for this nation, to believe that God, you can. God, you want to. And, and maybe it starts with us. You know, I look at these great revival and the second, uh, the, 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 the second great awakening, and it was churches all around the area, accounts saying, this church in this town, we're praying and believing that God will move again. And this town, and this church, and this, and this area, we're praying that God will move again. And you put them all together and you go, these churches of different denominations, in, 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 in 1790, where they couldn't, they weren't just Facebook statuses going, hey, by the way, church, we're praying for revival. And that church 1,600 kilometers away was like, cool, we're gonna pray for revival too. Because that like, this was, this, this, in this time, it was, it, the communication levels weren't great. And yet you read that all these pockets in this North America region were all believing and praying that God would move. And what a coincidence that God would move and they'd see revival in universities, in entire towns. Is that our heart? To see God move again. God, that you would outpour your spirit. Is that our prayer? 
Is that our, is, are we, are we, would we dare to pray the very things that's on God's heart? Let me pray. God, we thank you today. God, we thank you that we have the ability to look back in history and, and see the very God that you are. We can see your very hand moving in history. We can see and read of stories of your spirit reaching people's lives, changing people's lives. God, we believe that you are the same yesterday, today, and forever. God, we believe that just as entire regions, entire towns transformed for the kingdom of God, Lord, we believe that you can do it again. And God, I pray that today and over this month that you would speak to us, give us a heart, and give us a desire to pray for the things that you want, to pray for the things that are on your heart, to pray and believe, God, that, that we could see an outpouring of your Spirit. God, not just in our lives, but God, I pray that we would be encouraged to think bigger. We would have a passion in our prayer life to pray for this very nation. God, that revival is, it's not old. Revival is not old fashioned. Revival is, is, is not too hard for you. And so God, I pray that over this month that we would have a burning desire to begin in prayer, to come to you and believe God that you could move, that we could see miracles, that we could see numbers and numbers coming, running back to you. Lord, we thank you for what you're doing in this nation. Thank you, God, that we're so blessed that we live here, that we are a part of this great land. And God, we just pray that we would never forget and that we would never get tired of praying for your kingdom to come and your will to be done here on earth as it is in heaven.